In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. You are listening to A Psychic Story, a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. Mysticism. Hi, Psychic listeners. We are back for another episode of A Psychic Story. And today I have Susie Schock. Susie is a business owner, a yoga teacher, a healer, an author, and part of the Everything Aligns group of practitioners. And I am welcoming her on the show to talk about body wisdom and what it is and what you can do about it. Before we get into all of that, though, I would like to say hi, Susie. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for being on. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, again, before we get into the whole topic about body wisdom and what that is, I'd love to hear from you about just your journey, your story, and how you got started. Well, I have a kind of funny story of, you know, when I was little, I just always believed in magic and mysticism. Um, And this is going to date me a little bit, but my favorite show growing up was um, I Dream of Jeannie and Bewitched. And I would sit in my room and I would try to move objects and try to blink myself out of my room and all of that kind of stuff. So there was something in me from a really young age that knew there was more than just what meets the eye um, here on earth. And um, I think one of my first experiences growing up, my neighbor had passed away who lived right next door to me. And in the wintertime, I used to go outside and I would lay in the snow and just look at the stars. And it was wintertime when he had passed. And I was laying there and I was looking above their house because they were having kind of a visitation at the house. And all of a sudden, I could see these sparkles above the house. And then I saw the angels kind of floating around over the house. I felt his spirit as if he was wanting to take part in the celebration of his life. Um, so that's about the earliest thing that I can remember. What did the angels look like? Just pure light, like just beautiful, pure light. And I remember just staring at it, thinking this is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen, but also not really knowing how to put it into context. I don't think I ever told anybody about it either. Oh, wow. Well, thank you for sharing. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, in terms of like, I didn't go and, you know, run inside and say, you won't believe what I saw outside. I just, kind of held it within me and thought that was just a very magical moment that I was blessed to experience. How did you know that they were angels because you were a child? Had you seen them before or that truly was like your first time? And was it just like a sense of knowing? 
I feel like it was a sense of knowing, you know, we had always talked about angels in my household. I grew up Catholic and angels and Mary and um, all of that was a really big part of my childhood. And so that's, I guess it was just more of an inner knowingness because it didn't come in uh, the form of like an angel with wings. It was just this beautiful light that was just sparkling above the house. And yeah, it was, it, it was kind of that inner knowingness. Amazing. And so that was your first experience. And what was kind of your next? And you also mentioned that you talked about angels and everything in your household. Was it all very also mystical and and spiritual outside of just the religion of Catholicism itself? You know, my upbringing was really amazing. But um, no, it was very much a religious conversation. And I'm really quite in awe of how my parents accepted things as I grew into my healing practice and, you know, starting to see angels and starting to see images from the other side. There was never any sort of shame or, you know, you need to go to church and pray about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was really just an accepting of, wow, that is a remarkable experience you're having and I want to hear more about it. So was it like a natural progression just over time you kept seeing angels and having additional kind of psychic abilities and gifts open up and or was there ever a time where it was like closed off and then you went back and revisited it? It was a really nice progression. So like in high school, I remember waking up one morning and there was a spirit sitting in my room. It was a young man dressed in a basketball suit and he was um, sitting on my dresser and just watching me sleep. Um, kind of like a, he was sitting like the thinker, like his head in his hands. And I woke up and I just looked at him and I did not feel scared. I, um, I just looked at him and, and, um, was kind of again in awe of what I was seeing. And there was this exchange of just kind of a, a love exchange, but no words. And I just laid back down and went back to sleep. And when I woke up, he was gone. Did you ever find out who he was? Was he related no, but, to you? No, but I looked. <laughs> I looked and I looked and I searched for anyone who, you know, because um, those were the colors of my high school. Uh-huh. Um, it was a red basketball uniform. And no, nothing ever came to me as to who he was or why he was there. And as I progressed with my gifts, people started to visit me almost every night. And so I've come to realize that, you know, when when I would get visitations, Again, they were like almost every night and I would be laying in bed and I would start to get really warm and then I would feel kind of a vibration. I would open my eyes and there was some sort of image that was up on the ceiling. It was more like a neon vision and would Mm. just vibrate at me. I didn't really know how to manage it because a lot of times it came in more demonic looking imagery, like it would be gargoyles gargoyles flying at me. and um, Really? And yeah, there was one image, one of the first ones that I received, it was like an image of John Wayne Mm -hmm. and it was as big as the entire ceiling and he was cackling and howling and, you know, I was somewhat terrified. And then he drew out his gun and he pointed it at my husband and I was shaking him and just saying, do you see that? And he, he, he saw nothing. Um, so at that point I started to just kind of seek out anyone that could kind of give me any sort of information on how to manage what I was seeing. And what I came to understand was um, these were spirits in the in-between and I assisted them. I, I finally realized I could assist them to go to the light. And as soon as I did that, I would call in, you know, my angels to, to help me and I would just tell them, go to the light. And I would express 
how beautiful it was. Um, and it was almost like a vacuum would just whoosh, like wow. suck up the spirit and up mm-hmm. they went. Why do you think that is? Is it that they sensed that you were open to receiving and that you would help them? Or because I'm getting in my mind's eye like a, a moth to a flame. It's almost like a light that's like attracted or an energy. So I guess I'm, I'm saying this. Is it like they were coming to you because they did want help? Uh, and then that's why and that you could help them? Well, I always had kind of this running joke is, um, <laughs> hey, let's go to her house because she can see us. <laughs> so, Got it. Yeah. Um, but yes, I do believe that they, they saw a connection of some sort. I, I do believe that they were, um, and I still do see sometimes these images where they, they don't know how to get out. They know they're not in a body, but they don't know where to go. And mm-hmm. so they just need guidance and direction. And I feel like I had a really open heart to that experience as well. It sounds like it. I don't know if if at that age, I think now if I were to see something, I'd absolutely be better equipped to deal (laughs) with it. But if I were younger, especially like as a child or even in my teenage years, I don't know if that would have been something that I could have handled. So kudos to you for, you know, seeking it out. What, when you were looking for help and resources, it sounds like, you know, they taught you or walked you through the communication that you just mentioned, which is, you know, picturing the light and, and kind of communicating with them telepathically. Was there anything else that helped you for anyone out there that's listening that may also need some general tips or tricks or help would, that you would advise or give them direction on? You know, I found that I didn't really get any external help on this. Um, I spoke with all sorts of people and um, it was, I feel like that was kind of a moment when my internal guidance really turned up and just said, don't be afraid. This is what's happening. And this is how you can assist these spirits. And it's a really, really big privilege to be doing that. And so I still do it to this day. Wow. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad. I'll, sa- I'll send anyone that comes my way to you. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just teasing. All right. So let's get into the story about your dad and ALS and how that was a catalyst to becoming a clairvoyant healer. Because it sounds like first came is more of the mediumship and what that looked like and helping yeah. spirits on their journey. And then with your father, if you don't mind sharing about that. I would love to share about my dad. <laughs> um, I'm adopted and I just landed in the most unbelievable home. My mom and dad are extraordinary people. And I had two kind of pivotal moments with my dad as I was walking him through his disease of ALS that made me think I need to be doing this um, as my dharma, as my purpose, my life purpose. So I'll kind of back it up a little bit. When I was in my late 30s, my dad started to stumble and we weren't really sure why. And then he slowly kind of lost his ability to speak clearly. And we took him in to many doctor visits and we landed at the Mayo Clinic. And I remember they, um, you know, we were, he went through several days of testing and he just kept looking at me like, am I doing well? Am I doing okay? And I just remember thinking this is not a situation where doing well or doing okay is is what's going to see you through this. Um, and the doctor came in and he said, um, although we don't have any definitive results for this, because ALS is not something that they can, you know, do a blood draw and, and say this is what it is. So they said, we don't have any definitive tests, but um, we strongly believe that your dad has ALS. And ALS is terminal. Um, and I remember just inhaling and looking at my dad because he didn't really understand what the diagnosis was and what that meant for him. And I excused myself because I knew if I exhaled, I would just start sobbing. And 
I feel like my entire experience through ALS, I was never able to exhale. So anyway, um, as, as the disease progressed, my dad was considered hospice and he was in a home and my job uh, was usually kind of the night shift. Um, so I would go and I would help him get to sleep and settle in. Um, and I remember I was laying in the, in the hospital bed with him. And again, he had lost his ability to speak, but that didn't mean that he didn't just chatter on and on and on. <laughs> and he would just kind of look at me and, you know, like, what do you have to say back? And I had no response. Um, and so my intuition said, put your hand on his heart. Um, so I put my hand on his heart and then I grabbed his hand and put it on mine. And suddenly I knew exactly what he was telling me. And I, I could just feel, um, this just beautiful love exchange. And he was in his way saying goodbye to me and goodbye to the family. And, and it was, it was just very sweet because it was like putting a toddler to bed. He just wanted to talk and talk and talk. And this would settle him each time I would lay there with him. And, um, it, it taught me what a soul conversation was. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I, I do this in the healing room. When people aren't able to speak with someone, whether it's um, they're not in body anymore or they are in body and the person does not want to receive what they have to say, I, I invite them to go higher and have your soul and your pure heart speak to them and their soul and their pure heart so that there's this just beautiful exchange. So that was one experience. And then another experience was, um, again, my dad was just like the kindest, gentlest man I've ever known, ever, ever known. Um, but there was one day I went to visit him and I was going to take him for a walk in his wheelchair and I got him in there. We got outside and he was just super agitated and, and kind of aggressive. And I just had never seen him that way. And so again, I, I put my hand on his heart and my inner guidance said, ask him if he's afraid. And I looked at him in the eyes and I said, are you afraid? And he nodded and, you know, tears started to come out, um, roll down his face. And then I asked him, are you afraid to die? And he just started sobbing. And again, I put my hand on his heart, his on mine. And I just looked him in the eyes and I said, I will be here to walk you to your transition when, when you're ready to go home. Um, and those were not my words. That was me channeling information that I received from spirit and it settled him and it calmed him. And, you know, we walked back. Um, so I took those two experiences and just really felt like you're being guided to do something bigger. What a beautiful, beautiful story and experience. And, to be in that moment or those moments to say, here's how you can connect from soul to soul, heart to heart, mm -hmm. that energy, because that is the energy that does connect us when we have loved ones on the other side and when we're here too, right? Yes. And I love that you explained like what it was like, the heart, you know, from hand on each heart, because some, one of the things I've been led a lot lately from, from the universe and spirit is when people like want to have that soul connection and that conversation and communicate, whether it's with somebody that is in a, a state where they can't heal or if it's a difficult relationship, right? And mm -hmm. you're like, I don't want to necessarily engage ego to ego and that sort of thing is to think about the visualization and to go through those moments and not necessarily have a conversation that we would think of as humans, but on that soul side. Can you share a little bit more of what soul conversation is like and or um, like even just what you said, like hand 
over heart. And that's because it sounds a little bit also like telepathic communication too, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. So if you can share a little bit more about that. I think it's a really beautiful way for people to tap into their own inner guidance. And um, like I said, I work with my healing clients a lot. And, you know, I'll give you, for example, if if someone's going through a, a divorce or um, some sort of conflict with someone, I always guide them into raising your vibration and matching a high vibration with this person, no matter what happened throughout your experience with them, raise your vibration so that you can part um, in a loving way. And if you can't have that conversation face to face with them and find forgiveness, you know, go higher and tap into your heart. There's a reason why you married that person at some point. There's a reason why you love that person at some point. And even if you can't see it right now, know that that person is perfect and that person is a divine being. And so are you. So your heart to their heart, let them know. I love you and I release you from this contract or from this relationship. And I wish you the best and I wish you well. Yes, it's huge. And you said raise your vibration. (laughs) Somebody may be like thinking and listening, well, if I'm angry or if I'm upset or I'm frustrated, then how do I raise my vibration? Because in some cases, it's not just a switch of, you know, a light or a light switch. What do you recommend that they do to get in that state of oneness or higher vibration? See, this is where I dig in even deeper with them is that I try to figure out like what the root cause is of the anger, the frustration. Um, why are they hurting you? Why, why do you feel the way you feel? And I try to shift them again into um, remembering who they are and remembering who that person is. And the essence of all of us is love. And no, it doesn't happen right away. And But there's something that when I mention that, when I say that, there's a shift that takes place in the healing room where they are recognizing there's a lot of beliefs that I'm holding on to that I get to resolve and I get to release attachments. And and that's kind of what we work through step by step. And it doesn't all happen in, in one session sometimes. Sometimes it does, but it doesn't always. And so each time we're just, we're digging in and we're finding how to surrender some of that. I think that is first step in finding healing is surrendering that which you can't control and that which you can't figure out how to heal. And then coming to a place of forgiveness. Um, and gosh, I just feel like forgiveness is, is the piece that turns the corner for people. Um, forgiveness for yourself, forgiveness for them, no matter what. And, you know, I'll take it another step further. (laughs) When I'm doing my teacher training, um, We do kind of this circle of light Mm -hmm. where someone's sitting in the middle and we all kind of pray over that person and we find some sort of loving thought for them, loving vibration for them. And so I I express this in terms of all the things that are happening in the world today and all of the really horrible things that are happening in the world and the way people are feeling about others on the planet at this time. And can you look at that person and can you still see, no matter what they're doing, that they are still perfect um, and that they are still a divine being? And can you, in some way, send love to them? And I feel like that's the way we're actually going to heal this planet is if people can just sit back and recognize what our triggers are and what our beliefs are that are creating the animosity towards someone else. Well, there's that. And then there's also, which took me a long time to get my head wrapped around, but, and I've said this before on the podcast, but our beliefs aren't real. 
our beliefs aren't part of who we are, but we, we, and we, and if you're listening and you get angry or you get defensive and you're like, but my beliefs are real. You're telling me what I believe doesn't matter. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that our beliefs are a construct. They're an idea. They're a thing. They're not actually tangible. They're not part of who we are. You go, you were talking about love, energy and who we are at the, the, the heart and the center. So when we think about that, and I'm getting chills as I'm saying it, that recenters us and gets us back out of that egoic mind or out of that whole physical construct again that we've kind of built. And so what I was getting also when you were talking, when you're like, with somebody saying, okay, well, how do I forgive if I'm not there yet? Then the best way that I can, I've done it myself or I've been able to help others kind of do it is thinking of a moment or a memory in this case with your father or with another person. Um, a pet can even be that where you have nothing but unconditional love, like a moment that just gives you back to that peace, because then that's again, returning to center. That's returning to who we are at the heart of it. And only then from that love does does things help transmute and heal that then you can eventually get to that, maybe that stage of forgiveness and or state. And then, then you're like, okay, what does that mean? That unconditional love is knowing and recognizing that somebody somewhere also has that unconditional love, that love, that energy, that vibration within them. That's the that's how you can kind of get there. Absolutely. And I also look at, um, like, I feel like if we're engaged in an argument, I'm attached to it some way. You know, I'm a part of it. Or if I'm still feeling ill feelings towards someone, I'm absolutely a part of it. And so I pause and I say, okay, what's the truth in this? Um, and when you can find the truth and it uncovers all of the beliefs and the truth is that we are love, right? And when you're standing in that alignment, you can't feel the other feelings or lower vibrations. So if you're feeling the lower vibrations, there's a belief in there somewhere um, that you get to uncover and, Mm -hmm. and heal that in yourself because yeah, our, our truest self, our sacred self only knows love. What is, and, and you mentioned, so you started out as, as a child and, and seeing angels and being able to communicate and have more of those mediumship abilities with spirits. Then you had the loving experience with your father that helped open you up a little bit more in that knowingness and on that journey for becoming a clairvoyant healer. And then from there, how did that get, give you a deeper understanding to what you call body wisdom? Can you explain what that is and how that's showing up in your life and how you work with people right now about that? I think body wisdom is in a human body is your first clue that something's um, out of alignment. Your body is going to give you a nudge immediately that something's not right. So for example, when you're having a disagreement with someone, you usually feel it in your gut. Right. And so that is when you look at what the chakra is, is third chakra ego. Um, so it's your ego kind of screaming out, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. Instead of looking at divine will and what is the divinity in this relationship instead. And I've got a really interesting example based on my dad passing away of some significant body wisdom for me. Um, when after he died, he died in the spring and that Christmas. We went sledding on Christmas Day, and we were going down the hill. I was on a family sled, and I was stuck in the middle. We hit a bump, and I immediately knew that I broke something, just just a little bump. But we got to the bottom of the hill, and I just said, nobody touched me. I am really hurt here. Nobody touched me. And it turns out I broke my sacrum in three places, 
which is a really difficult bone to break, right? It's, it's protected by a lot of muscle. And again, if you look at where the sacrum is, it's first chakra. That's our foundation. Um, that has everything to do with home life, family life, and my dad. As I was going through the healing experience, um, I actually, you know, actually healing the bone, I went to a yoga therapist and she did some work with me. And then she left me in a um, restorative pose and left the room. And that was probably a couple months after I had broken my sacrum. So I'm in the room and then I went into kind of this altered state and it brought me back to the hill and it replayed the entire experience for me in slow motion. Like I could see every snow crystal. I could see myself passing one of my daughters and I could see the beautiful redness in her cheeks. I could see my dog slowly running next to me. And when we got to the bottom of the hill, I knew something was wrong. This time in this experience, I said, nobody touched me. Can't you see that I'm broken? And it was really, um, it was my body saying, you are just cracking open some of this grief and cracking open to try to heal some of this, but allow, just allow the grief to come out. You don't have to hold it in any longer. Just allow it to seep out, you know, as if you cracked an egg open, just let it come out and be with it, surrender it. That's so powerful because oftentimes when something breaks down in our body, like we get a cold or we break a bone or we can't, you know, we have aches and pains. We tend to be resentful of like, why this, why now? And not necessarily, which is the opposite. It sounds like as you were talking, my guides and angels are giving me a visual in my mind's eye of a radio tower and your body and your chakras and or aspects of your physical self is the signal. So when you're talking about body wisdom, it's like giving you a clue or a hint that it's your aura, your chakras, all that stuff. That was, that's your, your soul. That's your first line of defense. And then when it starts to manifest in the body, that is an inherent way for them to say, Hey, listen, hi, you need to pay attention here. Either slow down, heal all that stuff that you were saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that's what I talk about in my healing room as well is your body's going to be the first thing to communicate. Um, and I know this as a yogi. I know this from my meditation. If you pause and get silent and listen, your body's going to tell you everything you need to know. And then you can slowly start to explore it in a more spiritual way. Do you think it's also the opposite too. So like in some cases, if you're more in tune and aware, like you were saying, like from a yogic perspective, that you can maybe get that message and that information sooner rather than later. Yes. Right. It it can be flipped, right? It's like, if you're not paying attention, then it's going to break down. Like your car is going to break down in your body because of all these things. But then also if you're paying attention and you're getting the signals and the signs on the other, so it works in reverse too. Yeah. You know, so being a yogi, you are constantly breathing, breathing deeply and listening and you're doing the yoga postures. And when things don't feel right, you notice immediately that something's off. And so my wisdom to everyone is to listen. Where is it in the body? Is it traveling within the body? You know, and, and, um, start asking questions before you go and just try to put a band aid on it and move on with your day. Yes, yes, absolutely. So you got, so you had these beautiful experiences through both 
all of the things that we've talked about, but then also through the yoga. Can you explain and walk us through a little bit about your book itself and how it's broken down? Because I'd love to hear a little bit more about maybe, or share some additional examples of body wisdom itself yeah. and how that can manifest or show up so that people are like, hey, that hap- that's happening to me. Maybe I need to be paying a little bit more attention to it or, or what have you. Well, my book is entitled, and I'm still in process, still writing it, but it's called Stand in Your Truth. And then I have several chapters. I have chapters that align with the chakras, but you don't have to know anything about the chakras or the energy centers in order to understand it. But um, there's seven sacred truths uh, to living a divinely guided life. And so it goes through the different areas of the body um, and the different sacred truths that align with that. And like I said before, you know immediately when you are not in alignment because it doesn't feel good. And again, it doesn't feel good on a human level. And, you know, so for example, headaches or stomach aches or digestion issues, like a big example that I have when I see people with digestion issues, I always ask them, you know, how are you processing some of your emotions? Are you stuffing them and compartmentalizing them? Because that usually shows up in the digestive tract for me. Um, and so we, we kind of work through that. I see women with breast cancer and I always talk to them about, are you giving away more than you can afford to give? Um, and are there ways that you can bring that in balance? Because that's a pattern and that's a belief that you have, that you have to give more and, and um, don't feel you're worthy of receiving. Each one of these beliefs and each one of these truths kind of dissects a part of the body and a part of your belief system um, to just take a look at without judgment. and. How can you find alignment back into truth? And again, truth to me is love. And love is remember that that you are a divine being. What about anxiety and depression? Because we were talking about the world at at large and everything else. I feel that there's probably a lot of that happening right now. Um, Don't want to put it out there, but at the same time, I'm just picking that up right now. So asking you about that. I see so many people managing anxiety and depression. And first of all, I think that people are not taking the time to pause and be still. And I think I shared with you before that I am channeling Divine Mother, and she has been asking me over and over to express this, that we are in a society of doing and fixing, always these action steps, these very masculine traits. And there's nothing wrong with masculinity, right? But it has to be a balance and we're out of balance. And what she's asking is, please share with everyone to pause, to pause and find stillness and listen. And part of that is just allowing all of the emotions that we're having and walking through them one by one, instead of just turning the radio on when you're driving and trying to ignore that you're not feeling great. And so she's saying, you know, pause and listen, pause and surrender, pause and offer yourself compassion and forgiveness and nurturing, and just be in that space of allowing everything to come out. And she wants us to be love, right? Not as an emotion, not as an action, but just be love as the essence of who we are. And when you're managing anxiety and depression, I think that you're just forgetting who you are. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I guide my clients into just remember, remember who you are. You're just this beautiful, perfect <laughs> divine being. And I'm sure, you know, doing your own healing work, 
you get to see that person's soul. And I have that privilege every time I'm in the healing room with them. And I just, you know, I'm trying to describe this is really who you are, this extraordinary, beautiful being. And let's get you back to where you remember that again. Yeah. What you're saying about the love and everything, what also was coming in was self-love. Most I have a love-hate yes. relationship with that whole self-love movement in the sense where people are like self-love or self-care, actually, I should say. Self-care is the word. Um, mm -hmm. Because people are like, oh, taking a bubble bath or I'm going to chill and watch Netflix or I'm going to do these other things. And yes, take care of yourself and relax in that moment. But what you're talking about, what Mother Earth is talking about is the actual expression of that self-care is self-love. It's love. It's unconditional love. It's going back again to who we are at the heart of it. And how many of us actually express self-love to ourselves? Exactly. <laughs> and think about it on a day-to-day -day basis until something breaks down in our body, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. And we're like, why? I can't take it anymore. And then it's like, I'm, it's like climbing out of this hole or this big thing mm -hmm. that we feel is insurmountable when in reality it's not because we're you know and that's why we come to practitioners and we get help and resources but ultimately if you can think through about it like on a day-to-day -day basis and even if day-to-day -day is too much for you right now just like start small start to like put a little calendar you know reminder in your calendar monthly maybe then weekly then maybe daily and just it can be but it's a state of mind it's a state of peace it's a state of bliss and awareness that mm -hmm. just takes some time to remember that we need to do that until it becomes routine right yeah, until it becomes us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I often ask my clients, can you say, can you look in the mirror and say, I love you, you know, or you're beautiful, you're perfect. I think that's the biggest myth that we have out there is that we don't believe we're perfect. Um, and, and yes, when we're out of alignment, you don't feel like you're perfect, but you, you still are. You're just out of alignment. You're just stepping on your partner's toes for a minute there, or you're pinching off your oxygen tank, you know, but but you're still perfect. And um, when people have a difficult time with that, you know, then we kind of work backwards and find out when they decided to accept that belief that they are less than. Yeah. And when you said perfect, what immediately went into my mind was more of the egoic mind of perfection and being perfect is I need to do this, be this this is who I am. Again, definitions, right? But what you're talking about is the perfection as who we are at the heart, our resonance, our vibration. We're already perfect. We're already there. We're already centered. We just need to be yeah. reminded of yeah. that. It's not the definition and what we're seeing in the mirror. It's what we are feeling and who we are at the heart of it. Yeah. We are spirit in a body. Mm -hmm. Sadly, we look at our faces and we, you know, pick at different aspects of us and we miss just the divinity, the, the, yeah, the, the essence of God within. That's so, so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Anything else from Mother Earth that she's been saying related to, you know, showing up to you a little bit more, not only just for the book, but just messages that continue to kind of resurface and repeat? First of all, she's wanting people to get out in nature because that's the best healing you can do for yourself. Nature is pure love. You know, when you look at the trees and the grass and the, you know, water, it just vibrates pure love at all times. And that's why people always feel good after they come in from a walk. But that is coming up so much. I've already talked about it on the most recent couple episodes too. It's like nature, getting one, being one. So thank you for saying that Yeah. <laughs> again, or no, I should say Mother Earth for saying that again, because that's not just a one-time <laughs> episode. Yep. Um, and again, she, she keeps going back to 
you know, with the climate crisis and all that's going on, she keeps saying, doing is not going to fix this problem. Um, she's saying, you know, for sure, do your, your, um, electric cars and, and the solar and on and on, you know, that's going to contribute, but that's, that's not what's going to heal the planet. We have to bring the vibration up of the human beings, right? Which will bring the temperature down. Um, like when you think of a heated conversation, think of the vibration that that's giving. If we can, again, just go into pause and stillness and awareness of who we are and find that connection amongst all of us that we were all interrelated energetically through love, through spirit. Um, that's how we're going to heal this planet in a much faster way is bringing our own vibration up and our own temperature down. Um, and just, she keeps saying stillness, find the feminine aspects of things. You know, like I said before, nurturing, forgiveness, compassion, surrender, just in allowing. Yeah. And one of the things, and I've said this, I think a few times on, on the podcast is that our, if you think at the heart of like what our purpose here is on earth and this moment in time, time-space dimension, it is to just be ourselves, to be in that loving, hold that loving energy and vibration as much as we possibly can throughout our day-to-day lives and center back. That is raising your vibration. That's right. And if we were all to just focus on ourselves and do that then we, and not focusing on the external, like this person, this situation, this country, this climate control, it's not to say that you're still not taking action. It's not to say ignoring it, but if you fi- fix your own house, focus on your own foundational yes. issues, right? Yes. And what that looks like, then there's no need to look externally and to worry about what your neighbor and or others are doing because we're all holding that vibration at the center of it, at the heart of it. And then it all is a ripple effect out. Yes. And she's saying it isn't going to take that many of you, but it is going to take people who are fully rooted, fully grounded in love, um, and spreading that vibration throughout the world and connecting with the next person who has that vibration. So just pausing, even if it's five or 10 minutes a day to just be in a space of, you know, bliss, like sometimes, peace, yeah, bliss. <laughs> love. And, and sometimes I'll just do a mantra of, I am love, I am love, I am love, I am love. I'll do that when I'm walking, but just, yeah, remind yourself that's who you are and you will connect with the people Um, Like I connected with you. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's amazing. That's why, again, shout out to my angels, shout out to the universe. They are Mm -hmm. like the own, my own best team of helping me connect with the right people at the right time and what topics need to come up and how, because I feel like that's really what resonates so much with the listeners and people who have then found the podcast. It isn't by chance. It definitely happens for a reason. And each guest, each person that's on here sharing their story and sharing what messages they're receiving. It just is, it's a wonderful, beautiful community. So just want to say thank you again to the listeners for all of your support too. So what else about body wisdom, Susie, or what else about like your journey and your story that you would like to share with everyone? I guess my best advice with body wisdom is listen when it is speaking softly before it becomes a roar, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So just pause and listen, pause and listen, allow and surrender. Those are my words. (laughs) 
Oh, yes. And I do have to laugh because it's it goes back to something that you probably see all the time or hear all the time. Is like, I'm just, I got a sign or I think that's a sign. I'm not sure if mm-hmm. that's a sign. Now I want a signier <laughs> sign. It's like the same thing that you're talking about, but with your body is like, if you have a soft kind of nudge or knowing, or you're really not sure, then why are you waiting for it to be a roar or in your face or in your case, yeah. like when your bone broke, but it was like a nice yeah. metaphor I want to say nice, but like it is a metaphor when like your bone breaks and then it comes back, it it grows back stronger than ever. But do you ever really want it to get to that point? Probably not. Like if you would, if you want to avoid it, then you can by listening to the, the nudges that you're getting and those, those softer inclinations and messages that come in, right? Yeah. Your body doesn't lie. I mean, ever. It just doesn't. It doesn't. It's our, it's our greatest gift that we chose to come into a body. And so use it mm-hmm. and and treat it well and listen. Yeah. It has a lot to say. Well, amazing. Thank you so much for, again, sharing your story, not just your own, but with your father and what that's looked like. How can people reach you? What is the best way? I have a website. Um, it's suzyshockyoga.com. And it's S-U-Z-Y-S-C-H-A-A-K, yoga.com. Um, and on that site, I've got, um, you know, my... I will add my author page. I'm mm-hmm. not quite there yet, but the author page will be up, but you can book healing sessions um, with me. I do in-person and virtual. I will be leading yoga retreats again, and um, I will be leading some teacher trainings, some 200-hour teacher trainings again. So um, you can find me there. It's got all of my information. Um, I also have a YouTube channel. Um, I would love for you to come and join me on my YouTube channel because um, I've got over 100 videos, and it's free. And so I've got yoga videos and I've got meditation videos. So come and practice with me. I would love that. And then, of course, I've got, you know, Facebook and Instagram. Again, just look up Suzy Shock Yoga. I'm going to do some yoga today. I promise you. I'm going to go. I'm going to go and subscribe. I'm also on YouTube. I don't have any followers because I haven't really advertised it, but I, but I felt led to get it maybe for this reason alone, just so that I can start to follow you and share your videos oh, and stuff. But yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah. I would love that because yeah, I, I've got different themes. Um, and like I said, just for every level. Just look through the library and you'll see something I think that speaks to you. I love the free aspect. I think that sometimes people forget is that there's so much free research or, re, or not research, resources and information mm-hmm. out there. It just mm-hmm. oftentimes people don't necessarily know where to go because there is so much. So thank you for putting the time and effort in there and, and putting that content out. And I will make sure that I link to this in the show notes and on the website. But Susie, again, I, what a blessing. Thank you for your time and just again, sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me. This was just really fun. I appreciate it very much. Of course. And when your book is out and available, whether it's pre-order or whatever, we'll have to have you back again. Oh, I'd love that. I would really (laughs) love that. So yeah, to be continued. I'm hoping to finish it by October. Okay, awesome. Well, part one, part two coming maybe later this year. Perfect. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at a psychicstory.com. Have a question? Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest? Send an email to contact at a psychicstory.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters.
Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. Don't forget to email contact at a psychicstory.com when you do, because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win.